0: right on so excited about this series different the idea is we're called to be different it's different for us as Christians I'm actually even here to say somebody who's maybe not a Christ follower not following the ways of God God actually has something he wants to do different in you today you may have lived away you may have a thought you may have a label on your life but God is here today to be like hey you want to try to do it different I can like I talked about last week I can put some advantages in your life to help you do things different and better amen So last week, we talked about the difference or the different in our advantages that we have. Today, I want to talk specifically about God does things different. He just does things different. Uh, We are kind of programmed or we're set up to think according to the ways of this world. We're sort of trained or put together in a way that we think society does it like this. Culture does it like this. I've been taught the standard is this. Uh, We even know science. We even know all these things. Uh, But God, when he's in the equation, makes it different. Like the rules don't apply. Amen. Uh, I saw a video that was shared this week where uh, some people were really coming against the church, Gateway Church, Robert Morris, uh, and they were kind of saying, we think it's ridiculous that this church teaches the story of Jonah and that a man lived inside a whale. And don't you know that it's scientifically impossible for another human to live inside a whale for the amount of these days? And pastor's like, yeah, I agree. It is scientifically impossible for a human to live inside of a whale. But it's also scientifically impossible for a seed apart and for a dead man to come out of a tomb. Amen? It's all of a sudden when God shows up, it's different. God just does things differently. But what's hard for us as people is that we get so comfortable being like, oh, no, 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 no. It can't be different. It has to be like this because I think it should be like this. And we're like, oh, no, no, no. If it's not the way I think it should be, then it can't be God. Right? We do it all the time. God comes in. He speaks to us or something happens in our life or this thing gets put into our life. And we go, that's not God. That's not God. Why is that not God? Well, because look how different it is. God is different. And he does things differently. And the problem is we, in our faith, we use our faith to program God. We get this faith and we get this belief. And and I'm not here to come against faith. You know what I'm saying? But we get these ideas in our head of it has to be this or it's not God. And, And we get this idea set and this agenda set and we have this thing and that's okay. It's not even failure on your part. If we get stuck in this way and then God decides to do it differently, actually to tell you the truth, um, on March 9th, which was Thursday or Friday, I'm not sure, but March 9th of this week, uh, was five years for me from the day that I resigned from a church in Howell to do this church. Uh, so check out this story. So we were in this church of just terrible dysfunction, really actually corrupt leadership. And, uh, Our heart was in it. The hopes were with us. And Maddie and Scott and Sam and my mother-in-law lived out that way. She's in the back. And I remember having these times of because of our love for the people, because of our love for the community, because we believe that God wanted to do a move of restoration and healing and work in that church, we got together, hopes and my mother-in-law and other people, we got together and we prayed that God would, would do a work and do this thing. So in a way, we actually prayed against this church. In our mind, we thought that God's plan and what He had for us was for that thing to be fixed and people to come to know the truth. And, and if that happened, none of you would be here right now. And I remember just thinking, like, and we're praying and we're believing and we're saying, God, we need you to do a work and you need to expose that. And He didn't, and God did a different thing. Why? Because God has a better perspective. Amen. Many of us do that. We'll get to a point and we believe and we're, and we're this, and that's okay that you do. And I actually even believe that there's times where God did want that church to be healed and restored, but because of man's wrongdoing, it just didn't happen. So then God said, okay, that's not going to come. Let's do something different. And then thus the birth of this. But I was just thinking on that at our kind of five-year anniversary of, of me leaving that place to come do this. I just thought about, we have to be willing to trust God sort of when we believe it and when we don't. And that's like, that's. I mean, erase that from your notes because that's not good theology. But I'm just saying like when David said, when I am afraid, I trust you. Literally what he's saying is like, hey, when I can't understand it, when I can't program it, when I can't make one plus one equal two, when I can't put it all together and God is doing something different, I still trust you. I still trust that even though it's all different, it's still God. Amen. I, uh, my wife is five months pregnant, as you know, and um, I almost sent her into early labor this week. It was serious. And what I did was she was gone for the night and uh, I was putting together dinner for the kids, which is great. Love doing that. And, uh, and so we have a butter dish as many of you do. And it has a stick of butter in it. Yeah, my mother knows where we're going on this. Uh, so, because she knows my wife. And, uh, and so we have this stick of butter. And uh, as many of you have, and it's this stick of butter. And so my wife comes home. Uh, it's actually in a glass jar, glass thing, whatever it is. I don't know. What are those called? Butter a butter dish. That's pretty basic. <laughs> it's one of those. I mean, you're laughing at me. Is anything in your kitchen named commonly? No. It's got some fancy thing. I'm so scared it didn't go well in first service. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so there's, so, so I made dinner and, and I want you to hear this part. The mission, the destiny, the purpose, the assignment of my evening was to use that butter in a way that brought about success and victory and accomplishment in the destiny of preparing a meal and using butter. Are you with me? But here's what happened. So my wife comes home and how many you know you have a stick of butter, and it works this way, right? Yeah. Okay, you just take the butter off the end, right? Jess comes home, and to her horror, she looks on the island, and she sees that I just sliced butter just off the side of it. <laughs> and in the way that she's wired, which is a blessing, and we're grateful for it, and, and it's, a, it's a value, when she came up those stairs, and she saw that the butter was taken from the side of the stick... I mean, hyperventilating, she was like pacing circles, she would look at the butter, leave the butter. (laughs) Surely we couldn't use the butter again, right? Because I didn't take from the end of it, I stole from the side of it. And she's like calling her friends to pray to decide what to do with the rest of the butter. (laughs) Maybe there's enough there to make an exact recipe, I don't know. How would we measure it? The idiot took from the side of the butter. I don't know what to do here. But what's funny and as comical as that is, we do the same thing to God. We go, God, I want your provision. I want to see your victory in my life. I want to see things I'm accomplished. And God's like, yeah, me too. And he speaks to us and he puts this thing and he, and he speaks and he, the whole plan is, and then he actually comes into our life in the way of accomplishing that he takes from the side and we all go, whoa, no God don't do it different. You got to take from the end. I'm only comfortable when you do it the way that I want you to do it and use it from the end and not from the side. Amen. And we go, surely this can't be God. Surely success didn't take place. He took it from the side and not the end. Like our mic, yeah, She's checking on the kids, their pulse. Like, are you still alive? Can you eat butter from the side and not the end? And we do that in the kingdom of God. God calls us and speaks to us to something and and he assigns us and we like try to predict or put together or plan the way it should happen from the end of the stick. And God is different and he works differently and he comes in alongside it. He takes from the side of the stick and we all run and go, oh, surely it can't be God because it's different. Amen. God is incredibly dependable, but terribly unpredictable. You can count on them. You can trust in them. You can give your whole life to them, but to try to predict them and, and listen, we know that the the scripture is, is all true and it's the inspired word of God. And when we put it in our lives, those promises will come true. You can have faith on those. You can almost predict that, but the way that it happens, it's not predictable. You can't measure it up. You can't say it's always going to be like this. God does things different. I thought about the guy who needed healing in his eyes. Jesus spit in the ground and put mud in his eyes. So you got this guy who comes to God with this genuine need of healing. And Jesus goes, I'm going to put this mud in your eye. He took from the side of the stick. The guy's going, wait, no, wait. I thought that you would just say something nice over me. And they'd play the keys in the background and you would heal me. And it's like, no, how about mud in your eyes? I thought about the leper who uh, you couldn't go down and dip in the pool and, and you couldn't on the Sabbath. And there's all these rules to the way that it should be. Oh, no, no, no. The leper can't go down and dip seven times. Surely not on this day because we got to take from the end of the stick. You can't take from the side of the stick. And Jesus is like, hey, go down there and receive your healing. Oh no, no, no. That's the end. Uh, you know, we got to keep it at the end of that. We can't take from the side. In the scripture, what I love about the scripture is it says that that leper, as he was obedient, was he was angry. He was annoyed. The whole way down. He's trusting God, but at the same time, he's having like a conversation under his breath about how ridiculous this is. Why? Because God, doesn't, does it, God does it different. And why does he do it different? It's so that we can learn to trust him and not the process. I thought about this. You think about the widow woman and she's down to the last of her oil. And it's like, what do we do with this thing? And basically the command is, Hey, just give it all to me. So wait a minute, I, I, I'm genuinely looking for help here, and I got this thing, and I'm at the end of it, and what is it? And it's give all, and then she never ran out. Why? Because God does it different. In her mind, it's like, if I give all, it's the end. Our mind is preserved, and God's like, no, give all, and then it will never end. Amen. <laughs> thought about Noah. He says, you know, God shows up and says, oh, hey, because your family's been so righteous, because you're the holiest of all the people, because you're actually the only righteous, here's your benefit. This is going to be your blessing. You get to build a boat for a hundred years and you've never seen rain. What? That's our ble- That's taken from the side of the stick. Amen. No, 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 God, like what you said, I was holy and righteous and I've raised my family right. And surely nothing hard should come into my life. I need to take from the end of the stick. And God is like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do all that I've promised. You're going to see provision, but I just might do it a little bit different. Amen. I thought about even the Red Sea, Moses, the escape. God, I'm going to lead your people out. God says, I'm going to lead your people. out. I've chosen you to lead people out. And then he leads them to the edge of the Red Sea. Surely God has made a plan for us, an escape for us, and it leads to a place where it doesn't make any sense. That's the side of the stick of the butter, not the end. It's saying, God, um, you've led me to the sea, and God's like, no, I, I can do it different, and I can still make a way. thought about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their complete public obedience got them a ticket to a fiery furnace, Saying, hey, you know what, God, I've, I've, I've been obedient to you. I've stood up for you in this culture. I've, I've lived the way that you've called me to live. Look at, what's my return here? My return here is you're going to be led all the way in through this fiery furnace. And of course, not burned and of course, supernaturally provided for. But how many know along the way, it looked a lot, what, different. Because it's not what you can make up and predict and plan and make an equation for. God doesn't work in our human equations. The perfect example of this is when the perfect one pays the price for the imperfect ones. God, yeah, amen. Sunday, Easter's coming, and we see this idea of how different it works in the kingdom of God. The one who was without sin pays the price for the sinner. It's just different. The way that God works is so much different, and we have to learn to be comfortable not knowing The perfect equation and all of the steps and what God is always doing. Amen. You don't get the blueprint. You don't get the email. You don't get the exact exact step. We got the Bible and his word and we trust him and the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. But sometimes it's the side of the stick and sometimes it is the end of the stick. Amen. I love Pastor Bill uh, Johnson. He's a pastor at Bethel Church in California. And he talks about how God uh, works in this way that he draws us near in the mystery, in the difference, in how we don't understand it, how you can't always calculate it. It's not always one plus one equals two. It's, it's this mystery that God is working and in the scripture and even in the New Testament is all full of the, the teachings of the mystery or the wonder of God or, or, or all of that. And he says this great thing. He says, our royal identity never shines brighter than when we pursue hidden things with the confidence that we have legal access to such things. So my explanation to you of it is like this, as the child of God, as the sonship and daughtership of God, you have all of this great access into the mysteries of the supernatural and the wonder of God and the moving of the spirit. You have all of these things that you can pursue without carnal understanding and nothing shines brighter than when you take Him up on that. When you pursue him into the unknown, Amen. That's something that you should get excited about and be privileged to know. Like I can follow God into the supernatural. Amen. (laughs) I'll double down on that for you. Bill Johnson in his book, Dreaming with God says this. Revelation. So having this understanding or God revealing to you what he's doing in the different revelation, revelation always brings responsibility by keeping revelation from those without hunger. God protects them from certain failure to carry the responsibility it would lay on them. Yet he doesn't conceal from us. He conceals for us. Meaning this that there's great responsibility that comes with revelation that God speaks to us. And so there's this process of mystery or not understanding or not being able to figure out why he's doing it differently. And in that process of trusting God, following God in the unknown, following him when it doesn't make sense, that then brings about a great revelation. And in that revelation and in that process, then you've learned how to be responsible with it. Does that make sense? it's like when people try to talk about childbirth and they've never had a child. Like they think they have this revelation of childbirth. Like, Oh, childbirth. When I have a kid, I'm going to, you know, you get those young moms and they're like, Oh, my, my birthing plan. Cause I'm in that world right now where we, you know, we get to make birthing plans again and listened about all that, listen to all that. And, I think Jess is punking me at this point because she every day I'll come home and she's like, hey, um, I need to buy this thing because it says online, like if on the third day your hair goes to the left, then on the seventh day, if you do it to the right and it's this thing that holds it to this and connects it to that, then the bait. And I'm like, OK, you know, like I just have just nobody here is in that process. I don't know where they come up with this stuff, but I just I'm like, OK, Uh Anyway, so getting back to this, you I don't know, bunny trail. I lost sleep last night. But here's the deal. So you got these plans and this person who's never birthed before, they say, this is my, this is, um, here's what it is. Here's what it is to have a child. I'm going to have a Starbucks with me and I'm going to be watching Friends episodes and it's (laughs) going to be great. And like, okay. They, they, two things haven't happened here. They, they haven't, they haven't really fully been revealed the whole truth of it. They haven't walked the process of it. Therefore, they don't understand like the responsibility of the process. Amen. And so I think when when God hides things or there's these mysteries and we pursue him in the process and we go into the dark and we trust him, all of a sudden it, it creates these revelations of who he is and what his heart is towards us. And then we can better steward that depth responsibly. Amen. And so that's why I like that God does things different because in the difference and in the mystery and in the unknown, it draws us near to him. That's why it's not okay. When we just let everything be the same old, same old, we come into the same service and we do it the same way. And, 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 and we don't ask God to speak to us different. We don't ask him to show us anything. And we go through song service and we no. what if we came in and we, we were asking God to do something different in us every time we were in his presence. Amen. Here's the problem is God has to do things differently because if he literally emailed us and gave us the blueprint, if he was like, here's the exact method, then we would make the method God instead of pursuing God. All our faith would be in the process instead of the person God. Amen. So we love this. The scripture says this about how we should live in this and how we should trust God in the different. That's why it says he is the potter and we're the clay. Always moldable, always willing to be adjusted and maneuvered and shaped into something new. When God does something different, our response is to be able to go with it and be poseable into something new. Amen. Matthew chapter 19 verse 16 says this. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. So what it's saying here is you don't take a piece that hasn't been shrunk yet and put it on, because then when it does get washed and it shrinks, it will rip it even more. What the scripture is saying here to us is this. It's you have to have a strategy in your life about how you're going to add the new to the old. Many of us in our walk with God, we've come to a revelation. We've come to an understanding. We say, this is how I've been raised. This is what I know. And we hold it to this. And then God wants to come and do something new and we have no process or understanding or, or anything, not even a desire in place to see that new meet the old. And you just get run down and you get worn down and you get, that's what happens to religion. They, they create a, they get a revelation, they get a process in place, a ministry, but put in place and it starts to become old and it needs some new and they haven't put a strategy in place to put the two together. Amen. Same thing in your life. It's great what God has done in your past. It's great what He's taught you and revealed to you and shown you. That's amazing. But you also have to, at the same time, be thinking thoughts of preparing about how you're going to add the new to the old. Amen. It goes on in verse 17, it says, Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled, and the wineskin is ruined. They put new wine into new wineskin and both are preserved. The people at this time, when they heard this, they would know exactly this process because for everyone in that place, uh, in that time, uh, they would have a wineskin just like we'd have a pitcher for water. It's just a part of their life. It's what they did. And so an old wineskin would be obviously old, but it'd also be hard, and it would also be formed in its place already, and it had travel with it, and there was, you know, like anything else that was old. But the problem with new wine is as it would put in the old one, uh, and it would ferment, and the gases would, would do its thing, it would bust the old wineskins. And so the picture here that's trying to be said is you have to live your life in a way always moldable, always adaptable, because when God wants to do his new thing in you, you have to be willing to flex, You have to be willing to be adjustable, moldable, so that God's new thing is preserved in you. Amen. I thought about this. Uh, Really, in the kingdom of God, one of your greatest abilities is flexibility, is just the willingness to be flexible, the willingness to make adjustments and respond when God calls you to something or shows you something. Uh, My wife, Uh, she has been a little bit sick this week. I think when I shocked her with the butter incident, it really lowered her immune system. The tragedy of that took a toll on her body. And so, uh, she, she's been, you know, getting over a little cough or whatever, and I don't want to get sick. And so, uh, when we sleep, uh, I'm like on the edge of the bed, I like as far away of her coughing and grunting and everything else that happens. And, um, and so I'm on the edge of the bed, sleeping like in one position. I got like a tarp over me, you know, and, uh, But now when I wake up, of course, my neck is like all in a kink and my shoulder hurts and my hip and like, I'm just a mess because I've stayed stuck in the same place. Many of us are that way spiritually. You've been in the same Christian position for so many years. You've stayed in the same place, the same thing. You're trying to get through life and you're all tied up, sore. Amen. You got some Christian bed sores. It's time to get moving, get flexible. You need to get flipped. Amen. (laughs) But it's the truth. We, we, we just have to live in this place that God does things different and he wants us moldable. He wants us flexible. He wants us adaptable. That's why when you hear a cliche, when somebody says something like, we don't need to read our Bible, we need to let our Bible read us. Well, that's true. Why? Because as we let God uh, speak to us and change us and mold us, that's the better way to do it. You read your Bible so that it changes you, not so that you accomplish a checklist. And, and, and the old wineskin is like, I'm going to read this and get through it because, you know, Proverbs has 30 days and there's 30 days in a month. So I better and I read Proverbs. Every, I'm, I'm not some of you are offended by that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I'm saying like that. You got to let stuff do its work. It's different. You got to be moldable, flexible. Um, I thought about the more you walk with God, when you first get saved, everything's amazing. And it's and it's new to you and you're excited about it. And everything is just so inspiring. But a lot of times what happens is you start walking with God and you get used to it. You get comfortable with seeing it. And all of a sudden it's not what it was and you take it for granted. And really that's why you see some Christians a little more down the road. And they're just critical and they're crabby and they're, they're grouchy about it. I mean, nothing's right. Nobody does anything right. They don't have this. They don't have that. It's because there's some people that are just living in old wineskin. They need the new of God. Amen. And I thought about it like the scripture says here. The reason he's God's not willing to give the new wine is because it's going to cost wine. He's going to spill the wine and it's going to crush you Uh two, two things. God won't do. He won't waste. Right. He always restores all things. He, he's not going to. And then the other thing here is like he's not going to crush you. It's the whole he won't give you more than you can't handle. So God's like, I want to do this thing in you. I want to outpour. I want to give you the new, but I'm not going to do it until you're in a comfortable, until you're in a flexible, moldable state. Then I'll pour out the new. When you ask God for the new, you must be ready to live in a new way. Everybody's sitting here like, I know that, but we don't do it. I was telling them after first service, I was like, this message is a little challenging for me because everyone sits here like, oh, I know that. I know that. I know that. And then I'm also over here as the pastor being like, and I know you don't do it. (laughs) Like, you know, that's my challenge is because I know how easy it is for us to to get stuck and and just try to keep it the same old and do it the same old way. We cry out to God, God, I want to do the new. God, I want to see you move. I want you to do more in my life. And God's like, awesome, me too. So let's work on how we're going to do things different in your life. Because God works differently. Amen. It's the whole definition of insanity. It's like you can't, you can't expect new and a different result if we keep doing it the same way. So you're like, God, I want you to do something new in my life, but don't change the way I'm doing it. <laughs> it's just insane, amen? I'll close with this. There's this story uh, in John chapter two, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a picture of, there's a lot of things happening here. And in the Jewish mind, everything is symbolic and means something else. And, and uh, it, it's something that we could really take with us today. So John chapter two, verse one, it says, on the third day, there was a wedding. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, we have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So, of course, he's talking about the cross and his ultimate destiny. And so this bigger picture gets dropped. In verse five, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. So there's this whole, hey, stuff is run dry. Hey, we don't have the provision that we need. Hey, we don't have the next step in our life. Hey, we're missing what we need for this thing to advance. And the response is, hey, whatever he says for you to do, you should do that. Most times in our life, we kind of get stuck in that place. Hey, God, I don't know the next thing. And hey, God, it's dried up around here. And hey, God, I don't have my next thing. And hey, God, I'm missing this and I'm missing that. And God's like, all right, cool. Whatever I speak to you to do, you should do that. Amen. And then God speaks to us to do a thing and we go, whoa, God, no. No, I'm not doing that. I'm definitely not doing that. And God's like, well, wait, I thought you wanted your need, man. I'm going to use you this way. And then everything will come in because seek me first and everything else will be added to you. Right? It's such a great picture here of how, like, if we just follow God, but the problem is we say, God, I want your move. I want the next thing. I want all that you have for me. And then when he gives you a picture of it, you go, oh, but not that. Because <laughs> we live in this world of unflexibility and, and we're not moldable and we just try to keep it all in this perfect little thing. And God's like, no, I want to do more. I want to, but you got to be flexible. So for you, what does it look like? If God's calling you into new, And he's got more for you. And he wants to expand you and do more and and use you more. What are some of the things that you need to get rid of? Say, hey, that stuff needs to go because I'm saying yes to what God speaks to me. Is there habits in your life? Is there people in your life? Is there uh, distractions in your life? Things you need to sell, walk away from, stuff that keeps you too busy. Uh, People are a huge one. Uh, God says, she says, hey, whatever he tells you to do, do that. And then we still spend so much time listening to what the crowd is saying. And we do that. culture says this and that person says this. No, let's do what God says and do that. They say about the greatest businesses and the greatest sports teams, you hear this of of all those people that, that make it and endure and go to the next level. They say one of the greatest strengths of enduring successful people are that they have the ability to make great adjustments. Sports teams, they start out a way with a plan, and then things come into their life, and they respond, and they make great adjustments, and they find success. A business is launched. We see it all the time. It gets started, and they get stuck in their way, and then culture changes, and they don't know how to adapt, and therefore they close. Or great businesses find a way to, what? Be moldable, adjust, make changes, and continue on. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. Greatness makes adjustments, is moldable, is flexible to what God is speaking and saying. I think the way that God even created this world is a great picture about how God expects us to live. Do you know that the universe is always expanding? It's always getting bigger, bigger. It's always adjusting. It's always doing more. It's always expanding. Every single day, nothing is in the same place. Change happens always every day in your entire universe. It should be the same thing in our spiritual universe. Every day we should be growing and expanding and adapting and changing to what God wants to pour in. Amen? Amen. That's why Philippians 1.9 says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And it goes on to talk about the ways of God and the teachings of God. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time for it, a season for it, meaning it has a beginning, it has an end, it has seasons to it all. But we can't try to keep these old seasons, these old times alive. Amen. You just got to trust God's doing a work here and doing a work here. We have to be moldable because God does things different. He makes things different. Amen. I love this thought. The secret of change is to focus your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. We see religion gets hindered so strongly when it just tries to fight for the old, the old, and God's trying to do the new. We're grateful for our foundation and, and, and theology and, and things. I'm not saying you always blow up everything and you make adjustment to the Holy Scripture. I'm not talking about that at all. But I'm talking about we, we have to be willing to go where the Holy Spirit leads us. Your life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by change. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. If nothing ever changed, there would be no butterflies. The beautiful of flying and having a new perspective and and beauty and all this. It takes change. It takes a season of different. You get in this cocoon and you go, it's different and what's happening, you know? And then all of a sudden you get this whole new perspective. But many of us are Christians. We're still fighting to be that caterpillar crawling on the ground, doing it the hard way with the perspective of below. Amen. Let God do it different and change us and grow us and bring us to new perspective. Amen.